This episode of the Productivity is Podcast is brought to you by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash Vardy. And now let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Productivity's Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, Tyler Devoren joins me. He is the founder of Riskology. It's a leadership training company for introverts, and I've known Tyler for a few years now, back when, you know, the World Domination Summit first started. That's where I first met him, and we've had a chance to get together pretty much every year since, uh, since I started going. Now, Tyler's a serial entrepreneur, and he's founded seven businesses, and he spent five years co-producing the World Domination Summit. As I mentioned, it was an annual event for free thinkers and nonconformists. I've been at this point to all of them in existence. We're going to see if I'm going to be back for the 2018 edition. Uh, he's also organized three Guinness World Records for over 2,000 participants. I was part of one of them, and as a personal quest, he's completed a marathon on every single continent. Tyler's got a great passion for learning, and he's got a focus on the future, and he loves to dissect problems and challenge beliefs that hold the world back from progress. Now, one of those beliefs is that introverts can't be leaders, and he's dedicated his career to changing that perception in the world at large and within introverts themselves. And we dive into that and so much more on this week's episode. So let's just dive into it. Here's my conversation with Tyler Trevoran here on the Productivityist Podcast. I'd like to welcome Tyler Tavorin to the Productivityist Podcast. Tyler, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. So we've known each other for, gosh, seven years at least now. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> and it's easy to track this because uh, I've, been to, I've been to WDS seven years. You were part of it from the beginning. I know you've since uh, shifted away from it, uh, but you're in Portland every year. So <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> I see you I'm when not, I go I'm not there. I'm only in Portland every year. I'm in Portland every day. Oh, almost. wow. That's consistency. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> talk about productivity. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Tyler, I want you to talk, let's, let's dive in. I want to talk a little bit about, um, I mean, you've got a lot going on. We've got some links in the show notes for people that are going to want to keep, because you've, you've done a lot of stuff. Um, but I want to talk about this idea of like, riskology is where yeah. I've, I've been reading a lot of your stuff. And and when I read content of like, and we talked about this, I think, uh, at, at one of the parties this past year at, uh, in the summer in Portland. And, um, I talked about like James Clear and, 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 you know, um, Shane Parrish from Farnham Street. And yeah. whenever you put something out and it's not, I would say it's not, you know, you don't get something every single week from you, but when you get something from you, oh, it's, it's fantastic stuff. Um, what, what is Riskology? Like, what have you been doing with Riskology and where how has it evolved over time? Like what you're doing there? Yeah. So let me see if I can answer this in less than like 40 minutes. So <laughs> Riskology, Riskology started out in 2010 uh, after I was laid off from my day job. Um, I jumped into blogging because I wanted something, uh, something creative in my life. And that seemed like the most accessible route to get it. I was writing um, very frequently about, you know, my ideas on, uh, on smart risk taking, which was always like a big part of my, um, 
my career, I worked in construction, you know, with like large dollar amounts up for stake and, you know, lots of things that can go wrong. And so it was just on my brain a lot. And, um, I tried to relate, you know, the things I had learned along the way into, um, you know, into everyday life because risk management is something that is like a really boring topic. If you're talking about it in terms of like, um, you know, financial investments or, um, or for instance, you know, construction, it does, it's just not very applicable to most people. And so I was, uh, I was looking for and finding ways because I've, uh, I have benefited from, you know, what I've learned in so many other areas of life that I was trying to find ways to share that with people so that they can improve their lives as well. And, um, over the years, you know, it's gotten, uh, I've gotten really into, you know, like uh, psychological research, you know, getting out of the, you know, here's what worked for me into like, here's why this worked for me and here's why it can work for you too. And here's like the psychology behind it, um, into realizing that a huge portion of my audience and like the most, um, passionate portion of my audience was, uh, uh was very introverted. And, you know, a lot of people who had really big ideas, but didn't feel like that they could, um, take them on because of their personalities, um, and so I've really been going, uh, really been going hard on a kind of a leadership for introverts thing, which is feels like a little bit of a departure. But, um, when you look at the progression over the years, uh, it, it all actually makes a lot of sense. And it's been really, uh, it's been a really fun transition. And that's, uh, that's kind of like the, the, the two minute version of, you know, what I could spend an hour talking about. So let's talk about this idea of leadership for introverts, because one of the things that I've you know, I've found over the past few years is that while I, you know, obviously do podcast and, and I go to conferences and stuff, I've found that I'm more, I've become a bit more introverted over the years. Mm. Um, I've, you know, I mean, actually the first time I, I saw Susan Cain speak was at uh, world domination summit. Yeah, me and, too. Actually, And it intrigued me. So I picked up quiet and I'm like, you know what? Um, I think back in high school, I was definitely more extroverted, but I think it was almost, I was playing a role. I was into drama and all that stuff. And now I think that I've I've come to terms with the fact that I'm I'm you know th that story in Quiet where the professor who the Canadian professor who basically hides in the in the bathroom stall until he's ready to go on and then goes on does his talk and then immediately leaves I kind of I get that now so yeah, how do Brian Brian Little that's it that's it how do how do you so if you're in a leadership role that's got to be challenging what are some of the things that that people can do that if they're introverted. And, and they struggle with this, okay, but I'm supposed to show leadership and leaders generally are bombastic and outgoing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the yeah, avatar. Yeah. How do they do that? Well, first of all, I think there's like a, uh, it's very pervasive in our, um, in our society, right? That like we have just learned through many hundreds and maybe even thousands of years, at least in the West, right? That um, uh, especially if, you, if you're an introvert, you need to pretend to be an extrovert, uh, to get anywhere or to, uh, you know, to have, uh, to, you know, to make connections, to build credibility, to, um, to spur other people to action. And it's just, it's just not true. Right. Um, and I think that, uh, the really fantastic thing is that that's, that perception is starting to shift. And Susan has, Susan Kane mm -hmm. uh, has really been a, a pillar of that, um, you know, of that movement of helping people realize that like, no, like, you know, you're, you are the way you are for a reason. You've in fact, um, you know, my philosophy is, you know, we developed this way as a, uh, you know, it's, 
it's almost it's actual you know biological evolution right we um evolution selects for traits that are uh you know for traits that will uh make us successful and so being an introvert is actually quite a uh, quite an advantage in some ways and we should really be um we should really be you know making the most of them rather than trying to minimize you know, what comes along with being an introvert instead make the most of it. And the reality is that you can look around and find, um, lots of examples of leaders who are very quiet, very, um, um, keep to themselves, but still have, are, are still tremendously inspiring, um, still have a tremendous amount of influence, uh, and they're, they're, you just don't see them. They're not as present and easy to find in everyday life because they're not the ones, you know, shouting at you on television. Right. Um, but there's examples of them everywhere and probably everybody, even extroverts have examples of them in their own life. They could be, um, you know, neighbors, community leaders, um, you know, other political folk. They could be, uh, somebody at work who has a fantastic attitude and work ethic, even if they don't, um, you know, even if they don't, uh, uh, have the title of, you know, like team leader or, you know, executive or something, you know, really like what I focus on is, um, learning about and helping, uh, people become the best, uh, the best and most inspiring version of themselves. Because at the end of the day, that's really what makes great leadership is conducting yourself, uh, in a way that inspires others to, you know, to follow suit. So let's talk about some of these, like you, we, before we got on, you talked about some of the core pillars that are involved with this, right? So can we dive into that a little bit? Because I think that, that, and I, and here's the thing is I don't think, and I, you could you could either, either uh, back me up on it and say, nope, you're wrong, Mike, as I don't think that these pillars, as we discussed them, um, or got into, are ex- mutually exclusive to introverted leaders. No, no, they're not at all. Um, but I just, I just, um, I have a way, like my whole strategy, if you will, right, is to show how those pillars fit um, all of us and not, you know, how you don't have to necessarily change yourself to, you know, to be successful with them. And so uh, I'm a big fan of, um, of acronyms. And so the, I have kind of uh, created this, uh, this little kind of five pillar system that I, you know, that I kind of preach on over and over again, which I call the, (laughs) the quote unquote leader um, framework, which is L-E-A-D-R. Um, and L is local mastery. So like mastering yourself, uh, E is expedition mastery, which is, you know, finding your mission essentially, uh, A is attraction mastery. So building the connections, um, that will make you successful. D is delegation. Everybody knows what delegation is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting other people to help you with your mission. And R is rally mastery, which is, you know, becoming inspiring and that kind of that, the rally mastery, the inspiration is more or less a, uh, a result of mastering the other four. So let's, let's dive into that first one. The, let's, let's dive into the, Can we unpack that a little bit? Yeah, let's unpack it. Um, I mean, so essentially, you know, local mastery, right. Is like, what are all of the things that you, uh, that you as a, as a human, but, you know, specifically I, I focus on introverts can do to, you know, master yourself, you know, become more physically healthy, become more, um, you know, mentally attuned, become, um, you know, build better habits, systems, routines, uh, the things that will make you personally successful and most happy with yourself, 
Uh, what are the things that you can do in those spaces of your life? And so it's kind of a, just a, a, that's kind of like that whole sphere of what I call local mastery. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today.
Okay, we're going to take a break from the show right now to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Health IQ. Now, our guest on this week's episode is Tyler Trevorn, and he's all about managing risk. And there is nothing riskier than not having life insurance and life insurance that takes into account the fact that you are a health conscious individual and that you should be rewarded for that which is why I want to talk to you about Health IQ, because Health IQ is different. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. Now, if you are interested in getting a quote, and to see if you qualify, you can head to healthiq.com slash Vardy to get your free quote today. Now, Health IQ is a really interesting way of approaching life insurance. Their advantage, the Health IQ advantage, is the unique mortality model on the health conscious. And they've got lower rates for health conscious people, kind of like a good driver saving on auto insurance. And you can qualify for up to 33% savings by using one or more of the following methods with Health IQ. You can take a Health IQ quiz and score at the elite level. Scoring at elite will do that. And membership to a qualifying association or gym for more than one year. And you can call them for more details. Now, Health IQ is a trusted official life insurance partner of USA Weightlifting, Roadrunners Club of America, US Masters Swimming, USA Triathlon, Tennis Industry Association, the American Trail Running Association, USA Racquetball. I mean, they are a trusted life insurance partner. They're an official life insurance partner with those organizations. So again, to see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash Vardy or mention the promo code Vardy when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Thanks to Health IQ for sponsoring this week's episode of the Productivity is Podcast. Now, let's get back to the show. If someone wants to kind of get get their heads wrapped around this, like for example, I am a voracious reader when it comes to stuff, like when mm-hmm. it comes to anything. I'm, and I've gotten, it was really interesting. I've been reading the book Homo Deus uh, recently. Okay. I don't know if you've read it yet, but it's the same author who wrote Sapiens. Um, and the idea is where we're headed as, as a, in the future, which is kind of interesting when you think about mastery of the present. But like is reading and, and like where, like what other than obviously reading, I mean, quiet is a great resource. What are some of those resources that people can tap into so they can start to work towards mastery? Robert Greene talks about mastery too, but where, because I think that people can struggle with this idea of, okay, um, I've, I've got to push the ball forward. I've got to manage things, right? And I think there's some definite confusion between manager and leader. Um, I think there's some commonalities, but I think people, you know, focus on the hard skills rather than the soft skills sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. what are some of the resources that they can go to other than obviously what you're, what you're talking about, like where, where can they focus on to kind of get to that level of mastery that they need so that they can start to, you know, push forward with this, with this idea of intentional, uh, leadership. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a million books you can read. I'm building out a little library of of, of content that, you know, kind of breaks down like what might be most useful for you. It's not ready yet, but you know, I kind of approach this in a little bit of different way. Like I think that reading is incredibly important or like introverts in general, uh, I found love to read. I love to read, um, books inspire, um, ideas. They help me, you know, like, uh, think through areas of my life. But in, I think the most important thing that you can do uh, you know, to really make any progress in that area is just make space in your life mm-hmm. to, to think regularly about, you know, like 
where am I succeeding and where could I be doing better? Um, I think that, you know, books are, books are super helpful. And I've, I would never tell anyone not to read a book. Like if you, if a book is interesting you and you think you can learn something from it, then you should read it. Um, but I think most of us know we have a kind of a fundamental understanding of where we feel like we're successful and where we feel like we're not. Mm-hmm. And I think we should like, just in general, my philosophy is that we should probably just spend more time, uh, reflecting on ourselves rather than looking for answers that to problems we don't even know if we have yet. Right. Um, if that, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind of like my, uh, like anytime I read a good book, I always recommend it to my audience. I always tell people why I thought it was good. Um, and what I enjoyed about it. Um, the recent one was, um, what was it called? Uh, grit by Angela oh, Duckworth. Duckworth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think is a super important, uh, a super important piece of, of literature for, you know, learning how to be, you know, learning how to persevere when times are really difficult. Um, but in general, right. Like I think that it's really normal and I think it's really normal for people to hear that a book is really great and that they should read it. And then they read the book and kind of invent a problem for Mm. themselves to solve. Yeah. Right. Because the book, the book has a premise, right? Like, here's the problem. Here's how to solve it. Um, I guess, I don't know. I'm taking a really uh, roundabout way of getting to my point, I think. But I think the point is, is you should, you should always, you should know what your problem is before you try to go figure out how to solve it. And I think it's really common to skip that kind of introspective part where we learn what we actually want to, uh, what we actually want to improve on. And we just kind of look for any resource that might help us. And it leads us down a path of, you know, it just takes so long to get where we want to go. And maybe, you know, we get a lost a lot along the way when, if we just spent more time up front defining the problem, you know, the Albert Einstein quote, right? Mm-hmm. If I had, if I had an hour to save the world, I'd spend the first five, 55 minutes figuring out, you know, what the actual problem was. Um, I kind of take that approach. I want to dive a little bit more before we wrap up into this idea of some of the some of the challenges that that leaders, uh, especially introverted leaders, face. And yeah, you've written yeah. a post about this, and and um, you actually co-wrote the post, so it's not just you. I got to give credit to Emily as well. That's um, correct. Yeah. But the idea there's five of them, and what I I mean, uh, how do you let, let's go over the five, and then what what do you think of the five is the one that kind of creeps up you know that or or that or that shows up and you're like ah i knew that like i knew this was going to happen and i have to have a way to combat this because this is the one that's kind of really um creating the bottleneck well i think and it's not it's not a um unique to introverts but right. i um, I think you're talking about my five leadership challenges yep. article and right. Like the, the number one is for everybody, I think is, is self-doubt, right? Like you're always kind of, um, second guessing yourself. And I don't, I don't know that that ever truly goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's healthy to have like a certain level of health, uh, of self-doubt. Um, it keeps you humble. It keeps you, you know, focused on improvement. Um, but most of us let it, really, uh, uh, really run us over, I think it keeps us from, uh, making progress where we, you know, 
we like again it's it's another area where we we invent a problem in our lives that doesn't necessarily need to be there mm-hmm. um and that's especially true for introverts who are um you know we spend a lot of time in our heads thinking through um you know every little detail you know typically we're the types of people who don't say something until you know we think internally like we speak internally so all of our all of our thoughts are edited before they come out of our mouth um and it can you know between what we think and what we say there can be like a lot of you know self-questioning which is good to an extent but um at the end of the day i think what's important what's most important to uh, to overcome self-doubt especially for introverts is starting to is learning to learning to rely on your intuition a little bit right like um rather than editing every single thought um having a framework for knowing like when it's time to think more and when it's time to act right um and just the uh, the thing that i've found that is the biggest um that is the biggest um, killer of self-doubt or like eliminator of self-doubt is, is honestly taking action, right? So like even the smallest little things that you can, that you can do to get yourself, um, doing, doing anything that points you in the right direction, like any small success, no matter how small, um, is, can be a serious confidence booster that, that, uh, that eliminates or helps you eliminate, uh, self-doubt. And I think in that article, I focused a lot on, um, you know, using the growth mindset mm-hmm. to, uh, to overcome self-doubt. So the idea, um, this is an idea, um, kind of put together by a, a doctor, um, of psychology. Her name is, uh, Carol Dweck. Yep. And she, uh, you know, she, she talks about, um, you know, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. She's written a book on it as well. Um, with the idea being that, to eliminate, you know, to eliminate self-doubt, you really have to adopt this thing called the growth mindset, which allows you to be okay with not being good at something. Um, and also, you know, holding the belief that you can grow into, uh, becoming good at something. So, and my favorite, uh, my favorite, um, I don't know if the anecdote is the right word for it, but comparison anyways, is that, you know, like we, we talk about, you know, you think about how a baby learns, right? Like a baby comes into the world Mm -hmm. and doesn't know anything about being a human, right? Somehow every single one of them, every single baby that's ever born, you know, with, with exceptions, um, learns to walk, learns to talk, learns to socialize, learns, you know, how to eat, learns what to eat, right? Like they started out with zero knowledge and then, you know, basically, you know, a baby is, is bad at everything, but becomes good at everything over time. And no, and they have to or fail be- or so better yeah. or better at certain things, I guess. Correct. Is the thing, yes. Right? yes. Um, but what's important is that they failed so many times along the way, right? Like a baby mm-hmm. will fall on its face a thousand times trying to learn to walk and it doesn't care. It no. will just get up and keep It'll just get up and keep trying again. But somewhere along the way in becoming an adult, we start to believe someone tells us, um, you know, that, you know, this isn't for you or um, you start to believe in yourself, you believe yourself like, oh, I've tried this a number of times and it hasn't worked for me. Well, that's a fixed mindset at work, right? Believing that like your, your traits, your personality, who you are, what you're going to be good at is fixed and there's nothing you can really do about it. So why bother trying? You have to eliminate that um, in your life in order to you know, in order to really 
get where, you know, to, to get to a place where you're going to feel good about yourself and, and live with less self doubt. And that's all in the growth mindset and learning to believe that, all right, I'm not as good as I want to be at this right now, but I can't be afraid to keep trying because I do believe that I can become better. Tyler, you've given my audience a lot to think about. You've given me a lot to think about. I mean, I, I've read some of Carol's work. Um, and I've, I mean, obviously, I've been following you for a while, but the idea of, of leadership and, and, and what I've loved, and I'm, we're going to talk about this in, in the bonus episode for members, is the idea of, of kind of the evolution of, of what you've done, as well as you talked about like doing small, small steps to, you know, kind of build upon those. We're going to talk about some of your big successes, too, which are um, something about three world records, I believe, but we'll uh, <laughs> and, and marathons and things like that. But we'll dive into that into uh, the uh, members only podcast. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you and your work online? Where do you want to send them so that they can learn more about how to uh, to navigate this world of introverted leadership and, and even just riskology in general? Yeah, I mean, you said it right there. Riskology.co. And that's where I live on the internet. Awesome. Tyler, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Big thanks to Tyler Tavorn for joining me this week on the show. You can find out everything that we talked about in the show notes. And if you are a member of the Productivityist community, you can get the extra special bonus episode that we recorded just after this call. He stuck around and talked about three more things. Now, if you're not a member of the community, head over to productivityist.com slash membership to learn more about that. Thanks to Tyler for joining me this week on the show. Thanks to my producer, John Poles, for putting things together. Thanks to Claire and Jim and all the rest of the team that helps make this show possible. And thanks to you for making it possible as well. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.